Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Ladies and gentlemen, it is that famous voice back on the Five Yard Rush Daily Fantasy Sport Pod. It is everyone's favourite Wiganer, Nick Owen, and joining me, as always, is Mr. Mark Ferguson. How are we doing, Mark? Oh, wow. It's quite, you bigged yourself up quite a bit there, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Mark, I need the morale booster at the moment. You know I do. So I know, I know you do. I know you do. And it's really glad to have you back. Um, you know, I, I, was, I was in charge of the controls last week. And, um, and you did well. Um, you did well in I, much prefer, I much prefer, you know, not to, to not be. But anyway, we had a great pod last week. David was fantastic stepping in like he did. Yes, at the last minute and stuff, and I think we'll be speaking to him again in the future. Absolutely, um, and you know he had some. Um, he picked he picked Andy Dalton, which was just a smash play last week. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Okay, week ends up even overall. I was very heavily on the Houston and Cincinnati game, which went off. I had Baltimore New Giants game as well, that went off a little bit. If you had the right pieces, but as has been the case for. A lot of weeks, all the right pieces, never in the right order, really. Yeah. Uh, what about yourself? How much did you play last week? Um, to be honest, I didn't play all that much last week because, as you know, my mind was occupied with other things. Um, and I felt like when I sat down to watch Red Zone on Sunday, I, I, I picked up Red Zone halfway through and then watched the Rams game, which I wish I'd not spent those three hours of my life doing so. Um I didn't Neither do put, I. I'm not yeah. fan. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't put all that much on last week, mainly because I just didn't really have the time to go through the players and research it properly. I didn't do an article last week. Um, obviously, me not being on the pod was very short notice, so massive thanks to David Langley for stepping in there. And a great listen. Um, hope we do have you on again in the off-season at some point, David. Well, thanks very much for coming on then. Um, listen to that. Like I, I felt like a, a not certainly not a proud proud father, but a, a very very <laughs> proud co-host of the pod, Mark. Um, you, you you did swimmingly well in my absence, but yeah, I didn't do much. Um, 
the te- I did tears, which was it was done off the cuff because I, I do like doing tears and I, I feel like it doesn't require as much research as the classic lineup, but it wasn't a great score by my standard. I think I finished on around 136. So way below par where I've been recently. I actually had more success over the last few days in the NBA daily fantasy sport. So watch this space on that one. We'll see if anything materializes in the off season. <laughs> yeah. I've just, I've just um, registered the five yard hoops, the main <laughs> and the trademark <laughs> the the three point hoop i think we'll call yeah. that one <laughs> yeah. after um stops and mirth mentioning it on the flagship show i thought i better yeah invest my you know protect my investment <laughs> <laughs> shout out to stocks and mirth there um yeah so we're, we're back again final regular season week of this season mark week 17 so this is that that crunch week where you've got your final final teams that are still in contention, really pushing to, to make the playoffs or pushing to better the seeding. You've got the teams that are not really in sort of no man's land, really. Your purgatory teams that are not really tanking but can't really make the playoffs. And then you've got your teams that are vying for a slightly better draft pick at this stage in the season as well. And I'm sure we'll go through those as we do make our way through the main slate picks of week 17 in in terms of who we're looking at and why we're looking at them but that's where a lot of my picks I feel this week I say a lot of my picks I'm looking over some of them now and thinking "Hmm, why did I pick them but I think the some of the reasoning behind why I've gone with certain players this week Mark is pretty much with that in mind is that there's some teams that have got everything to play for and some teams that that haven't at this stage in the season and that has influenced some of the players I've picked. How about you on that? Yeah. This um I hate week seventeen, generally speaking. I hate it. There's there's too many games. And this really works against how I build my lineups. You know, I love as I'm always saying, I love to correlate my lineups, love to look at leverage plays. But those the more the more games there are and the more high scores there are, the less important that is. So although I will be correlating to some degree in my lineups this week I won't be it won't be the be all and end all like it is some weeks like last week I thought it was really important because there's a lot of low scoring games and funny enough you know my best lineup last week was a lineup which had two game stacks in it yeah and uh, which scored 181 points and so but this week it's a little bit more about just a little bit more leaning towards picking the best plays mm-hmm. which you know I feel almost dirty saying it, but, <laughs> so, but generally I've tried to pick, I've tried to, you know, I, Murph did a great job for us earlier because I wanted to, I wanted to sub nice, clear, precise, concise summary of who had what to play for, etc. Yeah. And he, and he, he laid it out for us and stuff. And again, I, I think there's a couple of picks in here where it's, where they're probably, it's potentially a team that hasn't got anything to play for, definitely in one, with one of my quarterback picks. But generally, like you say, wanted to try and pick players that have something to play for. But the other thing about this is if you're the sort of player who likes to enter the really big sort of um, contest, like the Millie Maker or the play action and these sorts of things, you've got to bear in mind there's going to be some random 3K wide receiver or 4K running back who you probably never heard of before this week who's going to yeah. be in the winning lineup. It's just going to be one of those sort of weeks. So if you're playing those tournaments, I would get as random as possible. Yeah, completely agree with you there. Um, we'll have a couple of those names dropping yeah. in very early doors as we start this main slate preview of week seventeen. We'll uh, we'll kick off them uh, quarterbacks. Um, who have you got your eye on them this week? Well, for my expensive quarterback, Lamar Jackson is just—he's been great the last few weeks. I've been I've been playing him every week. He's been in my best lineups. He was in my best lineup last week. Ravens still have something to play for. They're up. A- Against Cincinnati, which has a terrible defense. Now, this could work for or against us with this pick. Obviously, if Baltimore get out to a lead pretty early, and we could be talking middle of the third quarter, then they might pull Lamar Jackson. But I still think if that's the case, he will have got enough points to make his 8K value. Yeah. It's looking like MVP Lamar again, isn't he? Mm, Very much. Um, Very much. But the other thing about these, just want to quickly say about somebody else this range. if you knew for definite that Sean Watson was 100% fit and he was 100% playing, he would be probably my main 
quarterback for this week. Yeah, got got a, a nice matchup to Sean against the uh, mm. the Tennessee Titans, hasn't he? So, yeah. yeah. And I'm, the Tennessee I'm... Titans will keep playing and going, which obviously forces him to keep playing. But And he says he's playing and he's going to overcome it. He's going to, you know, play through his um, injury. But I, there's still a little bit of uncertainty what's really going to happen in the second half there. Because mm. if he's feeling it and stuff, I really, you know, they've got nothing to play for. You're not going to put him through that. So, yeah, so that was, um, but that, that's why I was looking at up top. I think the more interesting bit is all the value options around quarterback this week mm-hmm. uh, because of starters uh, being rested, et cetera, or having dislocated thumbs. Um, so, but my favorite, um, my favorite cheap uh, quarterback as we stand right now, and let's just assume there will, there's no doubt going to be another couple will come through in the, in the next few days. You'll find out about it. But Chad Henney at 5.1K for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's not the best matchup against the Chargers on paper, but they don't really have much to play for the Chargers. We saw a couple of weeks ago, Marcus Mariota, of all people, took them apart. And a 5.1K is going to open up a lot of value for you. And if you want to spend up for the, the 9K plus running backs or wide receivers, you're going to need to save the money somewhere. Yeah. So I like, I like Chad Henney. I, I had in my mind that he's that he's done really well in relief recent years for Kansas City. But when I looked at the actual stats, I don't think he's done that at all. So I don't know where I'm getting that from. But yeah, a 5.1K playing for the Chiefs. I think also you compare him with um, with some of the backup receivers, which we'll talk about later as well, to make nice little stats, which yeah. have potential to really score high, high totals. So. Yeah, love that. Love that budget option. Um, I, there's a budget option I've included this week as well, Mark, but I've, I've even smaller sample size than what you've got available. At least with Chad Henney, we've seen him as a starter in the NFL and we've we've seen him on relief. We've not seen that from John Walford of the Rams at 4.9. I did see something in preseason and for weeks, Rams fans have been, say, certainly in the games where Goff's had his troubles and his difficulties there's been a lot of Rams fans on social media that have been calling for John Walford. Let's see John Walford. Let's see what he's got to offer. We've got no choice but to see it this week because, as you said, Jared Goff's dislocated his thumb and is pretty much confirmed as out at this stage. I don't know if, as of recording the pod right now, whether they have brought Blake Bortles in, who was a backup quarterback to Jared Goff last year, but... Walford has been announced, I think, as the starter, as it stands. And we were discussing just before recording, he's been compared in the past by Sean McVay to a quarterback by the name of Doug Flutie, who was before my time, Mark. But you were showing me he was a bit of a people's quarterback. (laughs) Hoping that is the same with John Walford, who comes in a little bit undersized. One thing I do like about him is I think he'll he'll fit really well in the scheme that we have. And I think at times, I've been Jared Goff's one of his his biggest defenders at times because we've seen that he is a very capable quarterback with all the tools. You know, the, the season where we had the unbelievable Monday night football game against the Chiefs, that's as good as he's ever played, to be fair. But he was having a great season up to that point. Something's happened with Jared Goff. He's not been the same since that season, even in the in the playoff run and the Super Bowl. Sometimes I watch Jared Goff and I think, if we had a mobile quarterback in this situation or in that situation, you know, we could have extended that play, we could have extended that drive. And there's times where Goff does run and he catches defences off off guard a little bit because he's not the most mobile quarterback. He's a little bit, almost a little bit Matt Stafford-ish in that sense that he he doesn't run, but he can do if he needs to. So yeah, that's one thing I'm looking forward to this week with the Walford pick is A, he's cheap, he's guaranteed to start. B, we get to see a different dimension and whether Sean McVay's got a little bit of something up his sleeve for him because we don't operate an offence at the moment with a, a mobile quarterback in it, but it is an offense that I suppose could cater to a mobile quarterback because we play, we do a lot of play action and a lot of bootlegging. So we'll see what happens there, I suppose, on that. I, we, we've got no sample size at all as to how he'll perform in the NFL as a, as a starting quarterback. He's never thrown 
an NFL touchdown. He's, he's like almost like Taysom Hill, but just not had the snaps at tight end and receiver and running back and everything else. But I guess we'll see on Sunday what, what pans out from that. My other pick for the week, Matt, was, was Ryan Tannehill. And that is a very simple one for me. Um, you look at the Titans' situation at the moment. They they look like a playoff-bound team. They've got the Texans this week, who are 4-11. and 11. Um, and have pretty much given up on the season at this point, but they've got nothing to gain the Texans losing this match because their first-round pick is owned by the Miami Dolphins. But what the Titans do need to to keep an eye on is the fact that there's four teams below them all with the same record of 10-5. and five. The, the Titans could actually, if they don't win this game, the Titans could find themselves outside of the playoffs come yeah. the end of Week 17 with a 10-6 and six record, which which is crazy, especially in a season where there's an extra playoff spot to be had. Usually, 10-6 and six gets you in. So, you know, the AFC has been pretty strong and consistent this year when you look at some of the teams that are in the mix with the Browns and the Dolphins and the Colts, who are in the AFC South as well with the Titans, with the same 10-5 and five record. So, for me, the pick of Tannehill seems a sensible one because, A, he's got a good match up there against the Texans, I went with Tannehill a few weeks back, if you remember, and I said at the time that the good thing about Tannehill is he doesn't need to necessarily throw the ball 25, 30 times to put up a, a good performance. Um, I think in that game when I recommended him, I, I don't, I can't remember if it was the Jacksonville game or the Detroit game. Um, either way, he, he finished with 37 in the Detroit game and in the Jacksonville game, 16.48, which isn't an amazing score. But the point I'm getting to here is in both of those games, he only completed 19 and 21 passes, but can still put up good scores. No turnovers there, two touchdowns against the Jags, three against Detroit. He had an okay game against Green Bay. And it, in fact, it was below average, I suppose, if you look at the turnovers. But this is a game where it's it's a much more favourable matchup against a Houston Texans defence, a Houston Texans team that has absolutely diddly squat to play for. The Titans have got it all to play for. They need to win this game to guarantee playoff football. Tannehill at 7,000. I like that. Yeah, I love that too. As with all of these, as the same with Lamar, the only... The only possible downside is that they get ahead so far ahead in the middle of the third quarter hmm. that they um, that they get pulled. However, the Texans have had a big sort of rallying call from JJ Watt in that press conference. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. the other day and stuff. So I don't believe they're going to. I think they're going to play as well as they can. They've they've been involved in a lot of games. Have scored a lot of fantasy points for both sides as well. And the good thing is with Tennessee is you kind of know where the points are going to be scored uh, by which players and stuff. You know, uh, we'll probably t- we'll talk about a little bit more about this when we talk about wide receivers. But you know, you know, it's Derrick Henry, Corey Davis, AJ Brown. That's it, really. The tight ends thing fluctuates. So you can't really. You're just guessing with which you have a tight end you pick for Tennessee each week. Yeah. So yeah, they. Um, so yeah, I do. I do. I do really like that pick, especially seven k. When you compare some of the other, price some of the other quarterbacks. I think it's um, again, it'll be a recurring theme throughout the pod where you, we're looking at players here who've got it all to play for, and they need those wins, they need those results. So, yeah, good, your, good match. Your, your ideal situation is to find a game where both teams have got to win. Yeah, to stay in because that way you know they're going to keep fighting and pushing, mm. and nobody's. It's very unlikely you're going to do a situation where a starting quarterback gets pulled, etc. Yeah, so. which which, I, which is another reason that I quite like. I'm going back to John Walford here at four point nine. There's another reason why I like the Walford pick though. This week is even though he is that unknown quantity. There's two good things about that. One is that there's no tape on him really. And the second one is that that game is again, it's all on the line for the Rams and the Cards. So mm-hmm. both teams need to come out of that game really with a win. So it, yeah. it, it, yeah, no, it just it, yeah, it adds up. It all, it all sounds very good on paper. Um, yeah, 
And a 4.9K is great. Is it 4.9 4.8 years? It could be 4.8. Let me have a look. Yeah, it's 4.9. Yeah, Yeah. I just hope it translates from paper onto the actual field on Sunday, but we (laughs) shall see. That one is live on Sky, so if you do want to tune in and see the debut of John Walford, it will be on Sky Sports. Sky Sports have got, well, in their first game, they've got the backup Steelers and backup Browns quarterbacks. And then it's, then it's Ross Wilson against a backup Rams quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> and then they've got the big game later, you know, Washington possibly playing an XFL quarterback against Philadelphia with Jonah Hurts. So, we'll yeah. move on, Mark, to the running backs. There's a name that's going to crop up here for me. We'll come back to it. It's one of my favourite names in this running back category, being there before. <laughs> but we'll start with yours because this is another name there's a name on here that certainly intrigues me and there's a name yeah. here that I've 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 definitely um I know I've picked out of the hat a few times in the last couple of weeks. So tell yeah. me about your running back selections this week. Yeah, I think um can we just play this I'll just play the same clip as I'll just take a clip from the last couple <laughs> of weeks about David Montgomery and we'll just play it again. Yes, he's another great play, isn't he? I mean, you just can't get away from it. Mm. He's seven point seven K now. There's actually four running backs priced over 9K. Now, literally just before we started the pod, it turns out that McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook are neither going to start. So actually there's two, only two running backs above 9K. Kamara and Henry, both in great situations. Both have to, have to play. You know, both have still got stuff to play for. But a 7.7K for a 1.5K sort of um, discount, you can get Dave Montgomery against that terrible Green Bay run defence. Um, I, he's just been he's been just he's just been such a safe play for the last four or five weeks. I almost feel like he's been taken for granted. His ownership was quite was relatively low last week, I think. Yeah, and with his twenty percent, he caused twenty points or something last week, which is his lowest for a few weeks. But yeah, he's playing Green Bay, lots to play for. So I love that. I, I mean, I love the Bears as a whole. Yeah, you know the whole game. Uh, I agree with Bay that. Matches up well. And if yeah. um, if if you're if you're replaying that record of Montgomery that we've we've heard in previous mm. weeks, then I'm certainly replaying the record of Jonathan Taylor. That I <laughs> I suppose mine was a little bit different in that when I picked him, he, he wasn't really performing as expected. Mm. I've I've not you, you him kept a picking him and he wasn't performing. You kept picking <laughs> him hoping he would perform, and then he finally did, and you dropped him. That, I seem that's, to remember. That's a warning for. Anyone who is thinking to put him in your lineup this week, just be mindful that I have him in mind. So there's a, a Jonathan Taylor dud week coming in with probably two Jordan Wilkins rushing touchdowns on the goal line and a Nike Mines catching touchdown. Yeah, yeah I mean, at Taylor, 7.4. Um, in the last four weeks, you can look at his last two against Pittsburgh and Houston. He had 19.4, 19.5. So call that 20, if you will. And then prior to that, he had a 33 and a 22. Um, phenomenal scoring of, of late from Jonathan Taylor. And he's he's finding his way into the end zone as well. He's had five touchdowns in his last three weeks. The matchup is perfect this week for him. He's facing the Jags, who've got the, the fourth worst rushing defence in terms of drafting points that they give up. Um, and again, it's it's that all-to-play-for thing, Mark. The Colts need the win here. There's absolutely no reason why they won't involve Jonathan Taylor in in the plans in this game. So that's that's where I'm going with, uh, with my pick, uh, or my expensive pick, shall we say, at running back this week. Yeah, I like... It's, it's such a, a good play. Um I also think Indy don't, because of the nature of the way they use their running backs, it's, I don't think his sort of players going to get pulled from the game. Mm. You know, no matter how they're doing. He makes, his, he makes up his points in his yards actually through efficiency rather than through volume. Yeah. So I think that um, I think he's a really safe play. And I just think it's another great way to get different from, you know, don't get me wrong, Kamara and Henry are great plays, but you need to get different somehow if you're going to do well. So I think, you know, Montgomery and Taylor are both great options there. That's yeah. the price range. You might also find the way the pricing's looking at the moment, because of the cheap quarterbacks, you find a lot of people who have the money to have the really expensive running backs. 
Yeah. So literally, by starting with those mid-priced running backs, your roster is automatically different to a loss of the field. So, um, yeah, that's how that's how it, it could all go. But again, it's week seventeen, so who knows? Yeah. Hate week seventeen. Have I said that before? <laughs> <laughs> My second pick in the running backs, Mark, and I want to just cover this off before we get to yours mm. because I re- yours is a, an intriguing pick that I can't wait to hear from you on. Um, we'll we'll get to that in a moment, but yeah, the the second pick I've gone with is DeAndre Swift at six three. Um, there's not really this is, again. This comes back to this is a game where there's nothing to play for at all for Detroit, but it's felt like that way pretty much all season for Detroit. It, they just feel like a team that's sort of been stuck in the middle, never in a playoff run, never in the, the sort of hunt for a first round pick or not a first round pick, sorry, a high first round pick. Um, you look at what Swift has been able to produce. He had a, a bit of a, a bit of a down week last week with ten points, but prior to that, he'd had weeks of twenty three, fifteen, twenty five, or nearly twenty six. The reason I like him here is because he's he's up against Minnesota, who again are a pretty poor defense against running backs. Overall, in fairness, they're not really a great defense. Full stop. I'm looking at how they fare against wide receivers, and they're in the sort of bottom third of teams against wide receivers as well. And that's one thing that DeAndre Swift does well. He's a he's good out of the backfield, but he's got that dual threat to his game where he's targeted on average around five times a game. So his, his last, I think his last five or six games, he's had consistently five targets. So there's that threat there that coming out of the backfield, there's a potential to score points against the defense that doesn't particularly do well against receivers um, and the defense that doesn't do particularly well against the run either. So even though Detroit haven't really got anything to play for at all this week, at 6-3, I do quite like DeAndre Swift for some reason something's just drawing me to him I think because of um, how many weeks he's had off as well during the season I don't think the coaches will be particularly worried about him getting too much you know uh, too much play I think I think, it is, I think any experience he gets is good for him I think they're more likely to run him out than say Adrian Peterson um, so um, yeah I, I do actually like that play he wasn't on my initial list and now You've kind of got me convinced that he should be in my pool, so I've just I've just noted him down on my list. Um, my value player, actually, I'm hoping you can tell me a little bit. You can help with a little bit with this. My value player, four point three k, is your man Malcolm Brown of the Rams. Now, I because you're so intrigued. Now I'm starting to worry. I've got something wrong here. As far as I know, as we sit here right now recording this, Daryl Henderson is definitely out. Correct. Cam Akers is most likely out. There's a chance he can suit up, but it's only a chance at the moment. Looking on DraftKings, there's not many other players in that running back position for the Rams. Definitely not many others who've um, who have the sort of carries that he has. So uh, yeah, there is Xavier Jones on there and Raymond Calais, who I've never heard of either of those. So you tell me. I think I think he's going to become the main man. I think. I think because of the change of quarterback as well, they're going to probably heavily rely heavily on running. I mean, Sean McVay naturally is a run-heavy coach. He wants to be able to run the ball. That's what he likes to do. And the Cards are a middling team against the run. They did give up over 200 yards last week against the 49ers, who actually in some ways have a very similar philosophy to the Rams. And they're sort of, they want to be able to run first. So... Yeah, you. But you tell me. I mean, I, to me, that seems like a no-brainer. Ooh, where do I start with Malcolm Brown? Um, do you know he started the season against Dallas with two touchdowns, um, with seventy-nine rushing yards and thirty-one receiving yards as well, and he scored twenty-six that week, and he shot up from four thousand four hundred to five thousand seven hundred in week two, and then put up a score of four point seven. Um, he. Malcolm Brown, he's like, he'll do a job and he might have a job to do this weekend because, like you said, he could be the only running back that's that's ready to go come game day, the only recognised running back anyway. However, my only 
caveat with this one, Mark, is everything I'm reading suggests positive news that Cam Akers will play this weekend. And that's just something for people to be mindful about. I'm with you. If Daryl Henderson doesn't play and Cam Akers doesn't play, Malcolm Brown's in my flex position at the moment at 4,300. Because if you can get a starting running back at 4,300, you are laughing. Because if there's other people that don't have that, and he's going to get the lion's share of the carries, which he absolutely should. And the thing with Malcolm Brown is even when Henderson and Akers are fit and healthy, he tends to get goal line work. So there's always that as well. Even if Akers does come back, it's probably not going to be a full workload, you wouldn't say, not a Belco role. Um, but all the the sort of the the texts and the wording all seem like they're using words like possible, possibility, could return. That that seems to be news that's coming from somewhere for me. It's almost like there's no smoke without fire. And I think if the Rams can get Akers out there, they definitely will want to because he's by far the best running back that we have. Though I do like Daryl Henderson, but obviously he's injured this week. But yeah, uh, the, the caveat with Brown would be if Akers is good to go, I think it hurts his value. That said, at 4,300, I think he'll definitely see enough carries to justify taking a chance on him either as a starting running back or in your flex if you can because the price tag's great and even if he doesn't have a massive amount of carries if Akers is good to go you've always got that chance of goal line work um the reason that when I saw him on your list Mark I had my head in hands because Malcolm Brown is not a name I, I like seeing or hearing during Rams games because Malcolm you know we could be third and 17 and Sean McVay tries to get a little bit cute with his play calling and throws a screen to Malcolm Brown that goes six yards. And those are the kind of plays where you see Malcolm Brown come in. And every time I see him come in, it's like, I want to see less of Malcolm Brown because this feels like it's not going to go anywhere. Whatever play this is, it's not going to go anywhere. But he does have his moments. He does have his moments. So I don't want to talk, talk people often because, like I said, he's in my lineup, and I think he's a great pick there at 4,300. I think I think this is one of those things where you have too much information about him. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep looks, an eye on the Acres yeah. news. That's all I would say. Keep an eye on the Acres news. There's definitely still that, enough justification to play him. Yeah, the Rams team is one of the few teams, like, like the 49ers as well, who can actually support two running backs from a fantasy point of view. Yes, week, definitely. You can get two of them scoring over 20 points. And I think they're it. So even if Akers is back, he's still an option. Funnily enough, what I just read, just literally just before we started doing the pod, was that for Carolina, McCaffrey and Mike Davis are both out. Looking on DraftKings, Rodney Smith at 4K for Carolina might be now might be a good play. Now he's up against New Orleans, which have got the stingiest defence from why, you know, fancy points wise against the run. But I just found one. Just want to quickly mention him as well. 4K, he could be a uh, bell cow. Yeah, good mm-hmm. show. That good show. I didn't know Mike Davis was out as well. So that's that's a good yeah. show. Yeah, it's literally all just been announced just before he's potted. Moving on, then I think we've done running back to death there almost, Mark. So we'll we'll move on to our wide receivers, the bulkiest position mm-hmm. in the uh, in the lineup. So. There's a name there again that I've we've seen before. It's cropped up before and it's back again. Well, there's two names, um, unsurprisingly. So Jefferson and Thielen taught me through those picks first. Yeah, I, I didn't... It's hard to separate them. I'm not really sure how competitive the Vikings are going to actually be this week, but they are they are up against the Lions, so which is a great matchup. So I think, I think you need to sort of keep an eye on on you know Twitter and the news and stuff to see if you think the Vikings are going to really play lights out for the whole game. Mm. If they are, I think they're both a great play at their sort of price. Um, but yeah, it's entirely based on that. But I couldn't separate them two. They're only two hundred dollars difference as well. And I think you know one week you choose one, one week you choose the other. You know, invariably the opposite one goes off. But yeah. um, if I had to, if I had to pick one of them, it'd be Jefferson right now. It's, he seems to have really been in great form the last few weeks. But a play around that same price, which I'm really excited about, is AJ Brown. You already talked about the Titans. I just think I just think you want to have a lot of pieces of that game generally. 
Yeah. Uh, especially that offense. Now, what's really weird is what's happened this year, especially, is Derek Henry and AJ Brown could be in the same lineup without negatively affecting your lineup. In, in, in historically, running back and wide receiver from the same team are negatively correlated. One does well, the other one doesn't because there's only so many points to go around. But it seems like there's more touchdowns, etc., in the NFL generally this year. And the, AJ Brown and Derek Henry have been generally a good matchup pairing. So they're going to they're going against Houston, as you said earlier. They've got something to play for. You know, Brandon Allen and his receivers torched them last week. So you know, I can't see the Titans having a big issue here against them. I think if you don't want to play Henry in a lineup, I think you almost have to lock in AJ Brown. That's how I see. That's how important I see this Titans game. I'm trying to fit him into my lineup at the moment, but it 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 feels like it comes at the expense of one of my other receivers, which I'm still I'm not on the fence to do it. I am I am actually thinking along your wavelength that I probably need to rethink my selection here and, and get him in because he was in, but I felt like I had too much remaining salary to not include someone else that I wanted in, which I will come to. But yeah, I I really like that pick as well. It's a nice nice little stack with Tannehill as well, who, who was the quarterback that I'm going to roll with this week. Big play receiver. Also, Corey Davis's price has got up now because he's, he's had a few spike. He spiked a couple of weeks and stuff. So I think AJ Brown's actually the better value out of the two now. Yeah, Corey Davis went missing in action last week, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, two a targets, lot of players did. Other than, I think other than Devontae Adams, every receiver did. I think. <laughs> But then again, so did Derrick Henry. You know, again, it was a you know, it looked like it was a perfect play against Green Bay defense. You know, I've already mentioned the Green Bay defense myself, and talking about Annie only scored nine point eight points. Yeah. So, um, you know, it doesn't matter how safe a play looks, anything can happen on a Sunday, basically. Yeah. Um, go down down the list and receivers. I also love. The, another Brown, Marquise Brown, at 5.9 for the Ravens. The other side of me saying about how Brandon Allen just torched um, Houston, the other side of that was Houston destroyed Cincy through the air as well. Hmm. And now the Ravens come, come into the Dome. Um, that's another thing about this. This is a Dome game, so it won't be affected by weather in any way. I like stacking Marquise Brown with Lamar, especially at 5.9k. He's all you know. He's got such big playability, yeah. as a whole offense does. Really, I, th- I think we spoke about Brown a couple of weeks back because he'd, he'd had mm. a couple of drops, hadn't he, in a game? Yeah. Uh, after coming out and saying that he wasn't wasn't getting enough targets, but it was the Cleveland game where he had all the drops. That's it. But then yeah. he won it. But then he won it for them at the end. Yeah, he is that typical kind of receiver, though. Where he can he can have drops in a game. He can finish a game on two receptions, but he could have taken both of those to the house, and one of them could be sixty yards. He, he, like you said, he's, he's massive, big playmaking potential. He, he can bust out a big play at any stage. He's got, you know, some of the fastest wheels in the NFL. I think we can agree. So, hence the name Hollywood, uh, big playability. He's actually been. He's actually. He's very much a cash game player. In the fact that he last since week twelve, he's scored double figures every week. He hasn't reached twenty yet, whereas I twenty points. So I think this, if he's going to do it, this is the week. Definitely, this yeah. is the week. Yeah, um, yeah. My last two cheap plays kind of link in again with my Chad Henney play. I've listed uh, Demarcus Robinson and McCall Hardman at four point eight and four point two k. I would imagine if they're resting Mahomes, they're going to rest Hill and Kelsey to some degree. Maybe even Watkins. Not really sure about how they're going to use Watkins, but. I think this will give Robinson and Harman a lot more looks, a lot more play. They're both big play. They both have big play ability. I mean, they they have they can score a lot of points when they're playing with Hill and and um, Kelsey and Watkins, etc. So I can't imagine what they can do if they were like, you know, on every play. So yeah, I think that I think that's quite an exciting choice. I think I think if you want to. Um, if you want to start a lineup with Henny, Robinson and Hardman, that's a very cheap stack. It offers you a lot of upside and you can afford to pay up in pretty much every other position. 
I've done pretty much as I've gone down a similar route to you, Ian Mark, where mm. I've looked at who, you know, like you said with, with Henny, you've gone with a cheap option quarterback there and if you were to start with Henny in certain lineups, Robinson, Hardman, great picks at budget value. I've done exactly the same with Van Jefferson and even more mm. so with Van Jefferson is Cooper Cup is pretty much confirmed. Oh, I think he's factually confirmed as out this week now with yeah, COVID. So. so if that is the case, it, it just becomes a shuffle along the wide receiver group. So Robert Woods maintains his status as wide receiver one. Josh Reynolds probably comes in as wide receiver two with Van Jefferson operating out of the slot in that Cooper Cup kind of role. It might be that Reynolds goes into the slot and Van Jefferson goes wide receiver two, but either way, at, at three, it seems like a nice value pick given that we play a, a lot, a lot of 11 personnel formations. Um, it's a game where I think it will be a little bit nip and tuck between us and the Cards this week. Last time we played them, the scoreline did flatter them. We did pretty much dominate them defensively and only for a couple of silly errors or special teams errors, they they managed to, to keep themselves within within sort of reaching distance of us. But the the game itself was an absolute dominant performance by, by us and our defence. But Van Jefferson, if, if Cooper Cup is out, then you know we, we know Sean McVeigh likes that eleven personnel formation, which requires three receivers to be on the field. Mm. And one of those will be Van Jefferson. And when he's had his opportunities this season, despite not having as many opportunities as, say, a Josh Reynolds has had. When he has had his opportunities, he's, he's looked pretty good, especially around the goal line. He's, he, there was one game where he ran a slant and it, it, it looked absolutely textbook trademark of a similar play I've, I've actually seen on tape that he scored when he was at the Florida Gators. Um, it, it looked almost identical to it. And I don't know if it was drawn up to be that way, but He's a good pair of hands, safe pair of hands. He actually was drafted and compared heavily to Cooper Cup. Um, so, yeah, I like like that pick there at three. It's a nice budget pick. And if anyone out there is brave enough to start John Walford, he's a nice little stack that you can put together for you, um, budget price. Do you, so you prefer him to Josh Reynolds at 3.2K then? That's a good, good question. Good question. Playing both. I think Play you both could. I think you could. I think you could. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily advise it, but I wouldn't. If someone did, then you know, fair enough. Because there's a chance that Robert Woods being wide receiver one here is mm. is marked out of the game almost. We we've gone over it before, Mark. I'm just not a Josh Reynolds fan. <laughs> I'm just not a Josh Reynolds fan. He's he's just a bit. He should be. He should be better than he is. He should produce more than he does for that reason I just can't include him in my lineups but do you know what at three points I wasn't aware that was his actual price this week well that's a fair price and he could have a big game because you know he's, he's going to see plenty snaps going to see plenty activity on the field mm-hmm. I feel like he's one of Jared Goff's go-tos it's weird saying that but I feel like Jared Goff does look for him often it's an unknown quantity with John Walford. I don't know if that will be the same or whether that will be the case, but we shall see. I do like Robert Woods there at 6.3 as well for exactly the same reasons. You know, with Cooper Cup out, he's the most reliable receiver we're going to have on the field. So even though there's a chance he's going to be heavily targeted by the defence, I suspect he'll be heavily targeted by the quarterback as well. Um, Another one that I really like this week is Alan Robinson, who... We've we've said it in previous weeks, but he just seems almost match-up proof, Alan Robinson. He, he produces consistently week in, week out. Um, you know, The last time he played Green Bay, despite the Bears losing 41-25, he went off for 27.4 points in that game. And again, this is the game where the Bears have got everything to play for. They're, they're still in the hunt of playoffs in the NFC. I think it's a game where... Correct me if I'm wrong, but the Packers are the one seed at the moment and will want to keep that one seed um, and that will get them the week off. So for me, the Packers will be out to perform in this game. They'll be out for the win, which means the Bears have got to come out and go for the win as well. It's two teams that will essentially be attacking each other. 
um, vying for that, that that W. So hope, hopefully, Alan Robinson at seven seven becomes a smart player there because he should see plenty of targets. I think this is a game that Green Bay will win, and I think it's a game that they will be leading throughout, which means that the Chicago Bears are going to have to throw the ball. And we know whoever it is at quarterback, whether it's Nick Foles or whether it's Mitchell Trubisky, the ball always seems to find its way towards Alan Robinson. Uh, that's the game Scott Wall should be showing. Yeah, there's, there's so much. There's so much to like about that game. Yeah, he's had such a good season as well. Robinson, he's he's, he's had 100 receptions mm-hmm. on 146 targets, which. If my maths is correct, is is somewhere above sixty percent, somewhere between sixty and seventy percent um, of the passes that are thrown his way are caught. But again, some of that I, I would attribute to poor quarterback play. To be honest, a mm-hmm. thousand um, two hundred yards, six touchdowns, and he's averaging seventeen point nine fantasy points per week. Um, the only thing I suppose not in his favour this week is that he's, he is facing Green Bay and they are one of the stronger defences when it comes to points given up against wide receivers. But I just don't think it matters when it comes to players like Alan Robinson because I think you can start him against anyone in the league. And you still I don't think it matters chance. that much this week either. I no. think this week, especially in these sort of games, these like playoff games and stuff. And, you know, uh, I think uh, I think a lot, I definitely haven't put as much importance and I think we've noticed it on this pod. We haven't been talking so much about the fancy points against mm. positions because it's just a lot of these games are effectively on one-offs. Yeah. They're like perf games. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say that you, you took the mm. words right out of my mouth, Mark. It, it's, it is pretty much playoff football for, for some teams this week. Um, and we know in, in playoff football, anything can happen. So, mm. um, the only other player I, I like this week, and I'm a little bit on the fence about it still, I, I'm, I'm, st- I'm tempted to, to still actually take him out and find a way to put AJ Brown in my team, and I think that's the way it will, will go as well. But Sterling Shepard is the other one that I'd, I like the look of this week. Again, I think that, I think that division's still up in the air. So it can still be won by Dallas. It can still be won by the Giants. It can still be won by Washington. Um it, it, it's it's still there. It's it's still to be had. This I think will be another close game. Um, we mentioned Sterling Shepard again a few weeks back on the pod. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've mentioned every player in the league at some point this season while we've been doing this, Mark. But he was getting really really consistent target share at the time. You know, ten targets, eight targets, six, eight. Six. There was consistent targets there in previous in recent weeks not as much but then he had a great game against Baltimore last week with nine receptions and 77 yards and he had a score there as well Um, and his price has gone up a little bit to reflect it but he's also playing Dallas who are one of the worst defenses against wide receivers so that's I think what Mm -hmm. caught my eye with Sterling Shepard yeah I think the reason he had poor weeks was because the quarterback I think it was the McCoy weeks and I think when it's Daniel Jones, he does well. Yeah, yeah. I think you, you could be on the money there, in fact. I think you're absolutely right looking at the weeks where he's not performed as well um, versus the weeks where he did perform consistently were the Daniel Jones weeks. The other thing with Shepard this week is he is questionable. He was limited in practice apparently today, but that's something to keep an eye on. What I will ultimately probably end up doing when it comes to Sunday is pivoting off Sterling Shepard, pivoting off Robert Woods and finding a way to put AJ Brown in and a receiver at a slightly lower value. I think that's the route I'll end up going down. Yeah, there's definitely plenty of value to fit these players in. Yeah. I think this is one of those weeks where you can pretty much play who you want to play, generally yeah. speaking. Well, that was that was something we were discussing weren't we, before before the pod, just between ourselves, that... It's a full slate of games. You've you've got fifteen mm. games happening. You you can pretty much pick whoever you want. Mm. You know, so you're not missing out on anyone this week. Oh, Mark, week seventeen, and here we are with the tight ends. <laughs> <laughs> funny. It's funny this week. I looked at the tight end position. I actually thought there was a few options this week. Funny enough, um, obviously I wouldn't play Kelsey at eight point six. He's not going to play a whole game, is he? If Mahomes isn't playing. But, um, but the one I've gone for is, and this again could be on repeat, I've gone for Cole Komet again. 
it's another part of that game, the Bears-Green Bay game. The reason I'm going for him is I think that Jimmy Graham is going to get a lot more ownership because he got his two touchdowns last week. But actually, Cole Komet was actually in the game a lot more. He actually is involved as well in the offense. And they sort of, they had this jet sweep. I don't know if you saw it, but they had, they had this um, jet sweep with Komet sort of inside the five-yard line and he got pushed back. I think he lost three or four yards on it and stuff. So he's definitely a part of their sort of red zone and five-yard um, line offense. It just happened that Jimmy Graham got the two touchdowns last week. So I think Komet could be lower owned. And again, it's another piece of that game that I'd like to have in a 3K. Yeah, you, nice. You know, can't go wrong. I like that pick. And I think last time we spoke, I think I was looking at Komet and at, at 3K, I I think that's a justifiable pick. It's not a position we like spending money in, Mark, is it? I've gone with your old friend this week, the the ever-athletic Jordan Aikens, whose name I didn't think we'd mention again on this pod this season after one of the most horrendous drops I've seen. Over I'm the course. Sure it was banned as well. I'm sure we probably <laughs> banned it. And I think we may have, we'll have to look back on the, uh, the unwritten <laughs> rules of the pod on that one. But yeah... This was what I, I, I get what you, you're saying in terms of the, there was there was some fair plays I suppose you you could say I looked this week and I I don't know I, I felt like there was there was a lot of overpricing in the Titans but I think it's because we have got a full slate so some weeks where you might find some of these Titans at you know Robert Tonyan for example at five k. You might find Robert Tonyan in in weeks gone by, a, a, you know, around the sort of low four k, high three k bracket. Um, so I looked at the tight ends this week, and I just felt like everyone was a little bit expensive. But Jordan Akins came in at three three, and I feel like there's no reason whatsoever as to why I'm actually picking Jordan Akins here. I just liked the price. He's had two solid games, if you could call it that, for tight ends. Not certainly nothing spectacular, but scoring around that sort of eight to ten range, which is not great at all. But a lot of the weeks, most tight ends will will score something around that. Um, the other thing I suppose this week is that they are playing Tennessee, who are a middling defense against the position. So this was just one where, because I think you can pretty much pick anyone in the lineup this week. This was one where I looked at it and I thought, I don't want to spend money at this position because the production's so hit and miss that you get from it. Um, I'll just roll the dice on Jordan Akins, who looks like he's he's being targeted at the moment with, with 10 targets in his, his last two weeks in total. So we'll go with that. We'll throw a dart at Jordan Akins at 3.3. Yeah, I think um, the high-priced players, you're not even sure how much they've got to play for in their tight end position. So I think I think the way to go is to go down. I just I like I like Mark Andrews again. I just didn't want to pick yet another Raven. Although I seem to have picked a lot of happy to pick a lot of Bears. So, um, but I do like Mark Andrews. He had a, he dropped two touchdowns last week. Um, so his score could have last week have been like twenty five. Yes. Actually, been more than that. We've been over twenty five points with those in there. In which case, his price wouldn't be five eight this week. It would be over six probably. Uh, what I really hope happens is TJ Hawkinson has a really big week because then everybody will start picking him again next year. And he's so overrated, TJ Hawkinson. In yeah. the DFS community, he's so overrated. Uh, so, yeah, I think... See, um, seems to seems to find his way into... In, in, well, he has found his way into the end zone a few times this season. Six touchdowns, mm-hmm. which is higher than he had last season, but... He always he always has those sort of sort of low yardage, but he's always mm. priced fairly high. He's priced as if he should be mm. a, a tight end with Mark Andrews type production, mm. and doesn't always give you that. Um, I suppose yeah. what one that I've it's, it's sort of slipped by me, but I suppose Tyler Higby could be a smart play this week with just because obviously with Cooper Cup being out. Mm. One thing Sean McVay did towards the end of last season, he's, he was playing some 12 personnel where he, he had a couple of tight ends on the field. Obviously, we've got Gerald Everett as well, who's a, a, an athletic tight end, Mark. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Tyler Higby, 
he's a, he's a fairly safe pair of hands with a quarterback like John Walford, who's not got much NFL experience. He might look to his tight ends, little dink and dunks here and there, and you know Tyler Higby's that kind of tight end where he can catch the ball short and and, and produce you sort of fifteen twenty yards out of it, almost like the defense has just forgotten that he's even on the field. So he might be a nice play this week at the three and a half. Yeah, I just. It's, it shows how hard week 17 is because so far about the Rams, we've said they might be, they might be run heavy mm. because of um, the quarterback situation, but they might not be. And, you know, and you've got Jefferson and um, Van Jefferson and um, Reynolds cheap as well. Mm. And now Higby as well. It's, um, you just, this is the problem. You just don't know where they're, they're going to go with this situation. I mean, I always think the Rams are a bit of that team, that sort of team anyway, from a fantasy point of view. You're never 100% sure. You know, which there's far safer options. You know, teams where you pretty much know how they're going to play. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely. Um, and I think it's it's ultimately going to come down to the game script on the day. Um, you, you can you can plan and theorize all you want beforehand, but then mm-hmm. if come game day the the Rams are chasing the score. They're going to have to pass the ball. If they're leading, I can see them trying to run the ball and, and grind as much clock as they can out of it and get by with players like Malcolm Brown, like you've said. So um, we, we shall see. We shall see. Yeah. Well, so what you're saying is we can't predict the future. We can't. This is the shocker. This is the shock. Yeah. We can't, no. Um, d- despite what people think. Um, it would be a lot easier, wouldn't it? What has been rumoured, uh, unfortunately, we can't predict the future. Otherwise, yeah. we'd both be millionaires, I'm sure. Yeah, we wouldn't be doing this. We certainly wouldn't. <laughs> we'd just be recording, um, t- t- saying all about how, how much we'd won that previous week. Um, yeah. Moving on to the defence then, Mark. So, uh, <laughs> rounded up. And ending the regular season with this. I'm, I'm actually interested in your because... Funnily enough, for once, you've gone for really cheap defence as your pick. <laughs> Which, you know, it's usually my thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I looked down there and I saw the Jets and I can't blame you at all for, for going with mm. the Jets, to be honest. Um, but when I looked at some of the defences that were down there and how they were priced, you know, defences like the Jags against the Colts was, was 2,300 and they've put up minus points in the last two weeks, the Jags defence. Mm. Um I think I went with the Titans simply because it's a very important game for them to win. There is that chance that Deshaun Watson either doesn't play or doesn't play the full game. That is pretty much all the justification I've got, Mark, for picking mm. them that and the price at 2,200. At 2,200, you don't need anything more than that. That's it. The Titans are not a good defence, but they've shown as recently as week 14 and week 15 that they can put up scores of eight and six. Mm. And if they're going to put up a score like that at 2,200, perfect. And if they're going to return mm. treble value, quadruple value, then that's that's perfect for me. Hopefully they don't put up a minus one like they did against Green Bay this past week. Um, but they're not playing Green Bay this week. They're playing the Houston Texans, so we'll see. So I've been picking the Jets pretty much every week for the second half of the season. And, um, and they just keep producing. And the price has gone up to 2.3k but this is probably usually i'm picking them just because of their price not because i think it's a good matchup okay because as i've said many times before i just fit the defense in that allows me to pick the players i want for the other positions but this week they're against new england and they've been pretty atrocious on offense new england pretty atrocious yeah, yeah they have. and so actually it does feel like it's actually a good matchup which is weird for the jets to pick it and you know they're a form team you know <laughs> well I missed that pod I, I missed the one about the Rams but I did listen back to it I was, I'm glad I wasn't on that pod for, yeah. for that reminder but yeah they are the form mm. team coming who'd have thought that the winless Jets would turn over the Rams at the time that they did and then go mm. on to beat the uh, the playoff bound Cleveland Browns one week later it, it actually yeah. um, made me feel a little bit better about the loss I say a little bit better very minimally better mm. That way. The um, yeah, so I think at two point three k, they're really good option. I'm I am a bit surprised that the um the Titans are so cheap. I mean, if you want an indication of how much you know the 
people actually in this industry expecting the Tennessee Houston game to be high scoring, then you know they're two of the bottom three defenses. Yeah. So you know, load up on Tennessee players and maybe some Houston players as well. Yeah. I'm just looking at the the Jets defense and they started off the season really poorly against the run but it seems to be a part of the defense that they've actually strengthened as the season's gone on they gave up two bad days against the the Seahawks and the Rams rushing wise but that's two teams that predominantly do run the football but like you said I completely agree with you New England's offense hasn't been the juggernaut we're accustomed to seeing and I think Cam Newton's a big part of that is Cam Newton due to start this week or is Jarrett Stidham no, being given the reins? I've not seen anything that says, yeah, apparently Belichick said yesterday that he will, Newton, he believes Newton will start. Um, I don't think it matters either way. I think the Jets is just no. a nice play either way. Yeah, I think if you'd yeah. not picked them, I probably would have after the last yeah. couple of weeks. So, yeah, but I'm still not going to deviate from the Titans because they're $100, $100 cheaper. So, result. Yeah. That pretty much rounds us off the classic lineup this week, Mark. So at this stage in the pod, we would usually end with tears. As regular listeners know, the podcast does always end in tears, but I think we've had enough tears to last us all of 2020. Um, and anyone that is in a tier four area, just obviously stay safe over the new year period as I'm sure you've been staying safe over the Christmas period just a reminder that the tears competition however did wrap up with uh, with, with me taking on the title and I'm sure tears will return for season two next season um, we could always yeah. do playoff tears and you know reset to zero <laughs> you're still going to win I'm atrocious at tears Double or quits. That seemed to be yeah. Matt was suggesting the double or quits. Yeah, well, you'd be mad to accept it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, even last week when you weren't even trying, you beat me. So um, you know, and just and and you also mentioned you also said at the beginning of the show how bad it was, how bad a score it was, and it still beat me by sixteen points. So. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my my solo tears pod. He hasn't been given approval. Funny enough. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, we, that will be back, and we might do something over the playoff period. But the, as far as the tears contest goes, that that is done for the season with me victorious. But I'm sure it will return in 2021, Mark, for mm-hmm. the full regular season. You've got plenty of time to practice between now and then. With the uh, with with the NBA starting, we've got the NFL playoffs, we've got the ice hockey, so plenty mm-hmm. of time to get your tears in there in in multiple sports. If, if yeah. you do. Do you want to get practicing up on um, on your lineup construction there? But I'm sure we'll even I end have... up like a Jets record. I think yeah. <laughs> a Jets style record probably goes zero and fourteen or something next year. We might um, even it's probably do... worth mentioning. Sorry. Oh god, Sorry. I was Go just going to say we might even do some off-season strategy on the on tiers lineups. You 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 mainly well, well, stay. Well, I won't be doing that. Well, you mainly stay quiet in that one. Yeah, Mark. I'll do most yeah, of the exactly. talking. So, I'll introduce you and then I'll just come back at the end of it and say goodbye. <laughs> um, I think we should probably mention to people as well. We are going to continue doing this pod during the playoffs, yes. Because there's um, there's some really good slates, especially the first couple of weeks where there's going to be what six games, I think, each weekend. Yes, yeah. And the good thing about the playoffs is it gives us a chance to focus more on a smaller selection of games, so we mm. we can look at you know you've not got as big a player pool to pick from this week is one of those weeks week 17 where whether you're playing dfs whether you're playing fantasy it, it you could you could pretty much line anyone up all, all fantasy seasons should be should be wrapped up at this point but dfs you can pretty much pick whoever you want you've got a full slate of games the playoffs we can get a little bit more personal if you will we're, we're looking mm-hmm. at you know, constructing lineups with specific matchups and players in mind because we're focusing on a much smaller group of players or pool of players, um, and obviously less games in the slate as well. So, yeah, we'll definitely return again next week for that. Mark, I'm looking forward to that one already. Yeah, me too. Definitely more than week 17. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's that's 
that pretty much wraps us up for, for the regular season, Mark. It's been great covering the regular season. We will obviously return in 2021 for more regular season DFS. But as you said, join us for the start of the playoffs next week. Um, and of course, beyond that, I'm sure we'll be going over strategies and things like that in the off-season as well. But there's plenty more DFS to come before we do reach that off-season. So be sure to join us again at a similar time next week. It will most likely be with you on Thursday, I would imagine, as seems to be the theme throughout the season. Mark, pleasure as always. Um, for any listeners out there, again, if you're going into Tier 4, just stay safe over the uh, the new year period if anyone does want to reach out if anyone is feeling the impacts of the the tears and you know anything like that it's been a testing year um but at the five yard rush we've, we've always got an ear open and, and we're always happy to to speak to anyone out there in the fantasy community so if anyone does want to chat please hit us up where can the listeners find yourself mark I'm um, on Twitter at underscore SMRF. And I am at Nick of Wigan. Mark, I'll see you again next week. Again, as always, listeners, it's your money that you're playing with. Make sure that you do gamble responsibly. Make sure that you do only gamble with what you can't afford and make sure it is fun. But most importantly, what should the listeners do, Mark? Draw responsibly. Absolutely. Catch you next week. to sexual health just as much as physical and mental health we want to make it easier for folks to find resources however they engage with us there's no wrong door so it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming talking about what their sex life is about their concerns and to make sure they're healthy do it for them do it for you montgomery county your sexual health matters visit doitforyoumc.org Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 